Hey, everybody, welcome to the nerve-wracking introduction of Carnival of Rings. And today... I had like, I noticed I had a hair on my nose, which made me feel old, but I had this observation, and I think this one's going to be the one once, like, 100 years from now when the multinationals have us in a dictatorship and we're all frozen. They don't Carbonite. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Uh, I think this observation might make the history books. There really is carbonite? No. Music is like cheese balls. I was thinking of Kraft's cheese ball making, and I would do them, and you know when you do the Kraft cheese balls, you go buy whatever ingredients you want, you have like a base, put them all in, make it out, you can do whatever you want, you have your own preference, taste, and I think that's what music is. I think it's subjective. This is, Okay, this is a little too deep for this show, so I better get on the introductions. We You're have a cheese ball. Keep going, keep going, man. I've never had I cheese balls. Yeah. I'll make you one of my custom ones. What do you like? Oh, man, there's a joke me? there somewhere. What are my options? Jalapeno. What, why don't oh, we do the introductions first so people know no, what we're talking no, about? They talk can't see balls. it. Then we'll talk cheese balls. Okay, we have our <laughs> Billy Eilish's biggest fan, my co-host, Greg. Yeah. And we have... Cheese it sounds like one. it sounds like the duel who had their voices stolen by Catwoman in that episode of Batwoman. It's Jeremy and Julia back. <laughs> you don't know any of these references, which I love. No, but we'll learn. <laughs> you know that, though. You have to know that the Chad and Jeremy reference. Oh yeah. So we want to tell them. The Catwoman stole their voices, and held them for ransom. In a box. I thought Catwoman was the, the superhero. Yeah. Was the, no, was she the was the villain. 1966, oh, Julie yeah. Newmer. Chad and Jeremy did a guest appearance on the Batman show. Gotcha. So in that time, there was a whole lot of British. They had Paul Revere and the Raiders on. They had... Leslie Gore. Obviously going for the young, right. you know. So Catwoman <clears throat> was a villain? Yeah. How did I not know that? That makes two Is of it? us. Okay, <laughs> all right. So yeah, anyway, that was her, her evil plan was to capture their voices. And, All right. so. You know, she would be walking the line. She would be like the anti-hero. Is she, isn't she? That uh, one of those okay. types. yeah, yeah. More of those types. I like, like that uncertainty. And Robin would get <laughs> jealous of her all the time because she yeah. would flirt with Batman, and Robin would be, holy mush, Batman. <laughs> Sounds like a strange triangle right there. <laughs> You'll understand when you get older, Robin. <laughs> yeah, Julia, you don't want to know. You really don't. <laughs> well, we were talking about cheese ball making because I do that for the holidays, but like, Julia... I do these. You can make whatever you want in them. You need so you basically need cream cheese to hold together. Pick any cheese, anything you want, like any different ingredients. And then you bake them, and then basically is that they mold them together, like roll them in something so it looks pretty. Let them sit for a day, and there you go. Nice. Wow. You don't even bake it. Well, you, I'm sure you can if you want. See, that's the beauty of it. That's why I just decided I felt like Bruce Lee be like water, my friend. Because I came out with this profound thing about how this relates to music. I'm trying to picture that at a dinner party. You anybody comes around see, with a tray. Raw like, cheese ball? <laughs> but, like, I mean, you see my Facebook posts. I go, like, I went from, like, alien earth eggs to a fizz pop place and stuff. So I do make analogies. But one thing I'm going to talk about, and obviously we're talking about music a lot, was... The thing I've seen from Hot Soup performances is, wow, do people get into the live shows? They really, and I think you have that kind of music where, like, one of my friends who was in Mrs. Scanato, he's in person, he's in Noble Vibes now, he made the comment one time, you can't be sad hearing ska. And they did one song on one of the records, it's very, it's about a car wreck, and it's very dark, but people are dancing around because it sounds good. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, me, a lot of the music, you do so many different types of music, but you have those upbeat songs you can dance to. Mm -hmm. And really, just watching the crowd get into it's amazing. 
And like, do you really feel the vibe out there when you're playing? Yeah, I think that's so crucial to have, uh, at least for me mm -hmm. as a singer, because you're putting yourself out there in the most vulnerable way. It's like, not only are you physically on display, but you're like emotionally on display <coughs> through your voice. And it's, it's super vulnerable and terrifying and rewarding at the same time. But that re I feel like some of that reward comes from seeing people out there grooving and having a good time. Like it's the ultimate compliment <coughs> and it, um, it makes you feel like I'm doing, like we're all doing something right. Yeah. And well, it, it I mean, creates you're, a you're positive feedback loop is yeah. what it happens. You know, That's you go out, I mean. you're nervous, you're like, oh my God. And especially a band like this where we're doing original music and we're doing a wide variety of music and there's very diverse musical sensibilities in the band. You don't know what it's going to be like, right? And then you get out on the stage and you're nervous and you're just kind of going plink, 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 plink. And then all of a sudden the crowd is going hey, crazy. Hey, they like us. <laughs> and it's like everything becomes a hundred times better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, what I was going to say is, you know, you're out there, your words are personal to you. But you want to get the message out to the audience. So you're hoping, I hope they get this. And, I, you know, you want them to get it. Mm -hmm. And you want it to come back to you. And so when there's any kind of dancing, dancing to me really is a, I played with a couple gigs. Where like, they're not really dance. I mean, it is a dance. The songs are danceable, but it's a rock band, so you don't think about it too much. Mm -hmm. But we were playing at Lux. And it's like, all oh, these people are just jumping around. And I'm like, okay. So it's, I think it comes down to the people. Yeah. If the people are extroverted enough. Yeah. Because I, I noticed a lot of times with audiences, it's like they sit there kind of like, okay, prove yourself, do something for me. That's me. I am enjoying your shows, <laughs> but I do sit in the corner looking miserable. You're, you're here to get to have fun with us. It's right. not like we're, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like some people are just like, <clears throat> they just go and they, they think some magic's going to happen. If they don't inject themselves into it mm -hmm. of the moment, then it doesn't work. Right. So right. that's my rant on it's that. tough when you've got an audience full of people sitting there with their arms crossed you know kind of right. looking at you like we're waiting for you to blow our mind it's like, hey, exactly we're, we're a local yeah, band that just got started that's we what i'm saying yeah your mind tonight and in fact your expectation may be a little bit high and right? sometimes just the five dollars you know right yeah. <laughs> i know i want my five dollars yeah, back yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. i'm not feeling nothing yeah. no i mean but i i uh <clears throat> oh i lost what i was gonna say so when they're in the corner. <laughs> well, one thing I would like, like why, why I would go on the road to see friends play, like Michaela played in Weedsport. Like we traveled down, and it's like this weird. If you ever play in Weedsport, I played there. Try you go by like a juvenile youth prison. There's all these. You get the point on the GPS where it just has no road. <laughs> so I told her, look, I get lost. I'm going to follow you home. <laughs> but what I like the reaction is when you've seen somebody playing, you know them, but you see a crowd. It's not the home crowd, but they've never seen them before, and they just they're blown away. Mm -hmm. I played a bar out there called Keg or Kegs. It was like this big barn thing, and they had outside stages and inside stages, and they, they have some really cool stuff out there. This is like this weird. It was on. A, I, I'll have to ask her. It was. It was like on a weird stretch of road, and it was by uh, Neil Young's from was it Broken Arrow or the Ranch or whatever there. Yeah. He hasn't been in the news, so I'm glad to bring him up because people have forgotten about him. But uh, but it was like you went down this like gravel parking and everything, Which, sort of. I can't. It was where, not, are you, where are you talking about? Is Weedsport in California? Weedsport. No, Weedsport. No. no, there was a no. ranch. There was a ranch up uh, in upstate, not broken up by Auburn. And Neil Young has a place there. Yeah, it was like an old place they recorded Crazy Horse recording. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, all right. Nobody checks the facts on this show anyway. <laughs> well, but it's like watching. Yeah. But it's like watching, and that's what I really like. So, so like you know, I'll, I would travel within four hours to see friends pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. Well, they got a lot of hidden places. I mean, upstate there, at Catskills, the Todd Rundgren's got his 
studio, and there's like Levon Helm Studio oh, yeah. was up there, yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, it's like you get up that way because it's close to New York City. Yep. And I think it's yeah. nice. I think Tony Levin lived by Woodstock. He, did. Yeah. he drove in here from Woodstock one time for like a benefit show in the middle of winter. I couldn't believe it. Hmm. It really is. But I think that's like Greg, and one of the things they've always said like about anonymous willpower is you could have the packed house, you could have five people, you still play like you're playing for a huge crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm kind of a take this, you bastards. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I just want to get out there and show what I can do. So, I mean, it's kind of selfish on my part. But I figure you just get out there and do what you can do. And then... Yeah. And then hopefully, you know, it might take a while, but there are, it starts to swirl around and people talk to people and mm-hmm. all that. I think it's word but, of mouth, too. I mean, I try to use this to helps. promote and I tell people all the bands, are like, but like one person will go out and say, and I think it, the only thing is sometimes hard. I, one of the things I've always said is go see what you like, but go see what you don't know because you might like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. some people get really stuck. I think that, I think there's this, this crowd, one or the other, where like some people just, will not go to something they don't know if it's not popular or anything. And I use that term for one time. There was an Aerosmith tribute band, but my friend Alyssa was opening for him. So I went to see Alyssa, and I left. All friends I knew in that area came afterwards came to see afterwards, Aerosmith. Right. Where if they would have saw her, I think she, I think you should have seen afterwards people lining up to meet her and everything <laughs> mm-hmm. because she had such a new... Because people just saw her. Mm-hmm. So, but it would have been some of the best live groups you've seen. And have you gone to many concerts? <laughs> well, uh, that's the beauty of working at Love and Cup is that I oh, get what am I do? <laughs> to just see random people doing their thing, and it's really nice. Yeah, you saw us. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So it, that's really you good. You saw the not uh, Emmett Otter, the cousin of him. <laughs> have they done? Right. Have they had to slow down much over there? Or are they back up to speed? It's it's really hit or miss. Some days, um, I worked. Friday night and things were popping and it was great and everyone was like wow it hasn't been this busy for a really long time so I think it's there's some slower days right. and better mm-hmm. days but yeah things people are just not going out that much yeah. anymore at least right now which is understandable but mm-hmm. it's sad at the same time well it isn't going to happen by itself people you have to get out yeah. there <laughs> no but Leslie and I've known obviously I've known Leslie for eons she takes chances and does diverse yeah. different types of things we've seen I won't even, who can I even say a couple of them? Ricky Ramone, Gene Ween, the Grandmothers of Invention, <laughs> Tony Levin many mm-hmm. times, everything else. Like, you can go from avant-garde jazz to pop there. They have that. Yeah. They do their, yeah. they, their own. That's really... So you can't really say... If somebody asks you what kind of bar it is, it's a music club. Yeah, right. With a wide variety of genres. And they, I've seen so just some amazing And they support local Wanda Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, last time she got canceled because I think she fell or something. I, I always <laughs> like playing there. Yeah, it's, an, it's a lovely stage. And a well, then Matt for the too for the sound. Yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt for the sound. Yeah, he's incredible. That's the best. Yeah. yeah. But there are a lot of things too, and actually, we have to tell the story one more time because Julie has never heard it. You've been doing well playing live, but some things happen. And for him, he got caught on a fish hook. Oh my God. Mid show. Yeah. What? What? How was there? <laughs> well, he's a drummer number well, one, so. <laughs> Is that the promoter? You All right, well, here's the story, yeah. mates. <laughs> no, it was it was uh, down in Sodas Point. <clears throat> so, you know, you're near the water. So there's a place called Papa Joe's. I don't even think it's open anymore. But he had a deal in the parking lot where he on the, there was a fence. Uh, on the other side of the fence was like a bait shop place. So he had a flatbed against the fence that you played on. So this family came walking through from their boat or whatever, and there's a little alleyway leading to the 
the driveway, you know, leading to the walkway, leading to the bait shop. So this guy's got his pole over his shoulder, and as he's walking, I'm I'm against the flatbed, against the fence. Uh-huh. The thing just happened to hook my shirt, and he kept walking. <laughs> so as 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 I'm playing, I'm getting jerked back, and, and I'm like, "What the <laughs> little got a little poltergeist thing going on here?" So uh, anyway, that was that was the story. But it was pretty funny. The guy felt so bad because I started yelling. Guy felt bad. He bought me a T-shirt, which I still have. <laughs> but it didn't get your like your skin or anything. No. Oh, no, I was like, that's okay. an amazing shot. Just, right? No, it was just weird. It was yeah, I was lucky on that one. But <laughs> it was kind probably of the only like, story like that in in the entire history of the yes. music industry. I literally got the hook. With the <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I've had friends. I've one friend. They, they played like on a, a lane in a bowling alley. Mm. That was one. Some of the gig places are really. You'll see down the line yeah. some of the uh, places you might end up playing. I, I played I a bowling wait. alley once, and I'm never going to play a bowling alley again. Well, you want like a, uh, oh, radio, like radio socially. Radio social is kind of like that. I was That's, just say, it's yeah. little. You're not playing on the lane though. Right, yeah. right. I'm not going to name the one I played at, but it was right smack next to twelve lanes, all going <laughs> yeah. at top speed. You know, with the with the pins bouncing around and messing up the rhythm section. So. Well, yeah, there's always kinda, the story Hayes Carl always tells, which I love. <laughs> Hayes Carl, he started out in Galveston. He was playing at a club, and he said, you know, if you ever had an ego playing on stage, just do what I did. It was, look at the sign, Wednesday night, half-price wings, $3 pitchers, and Hayes Carl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, like, the owner owned a line, and there was a flood, and it escaped. It was roaming around somewhere <laughs> and everything else, which was really good. But you actually played the bug jar recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was, was actually the funny comment. Adriana goes up and says, you know, most of my songs are sort of depressing. And then she's not calling us, is she? <laughs> oh, don't worry. Greg's got the bat phone going off on this show. Oh, yeah. We use this all the time. Yeah. Mine will go off now. I have this drummer that calls me every five minutes. So. <laughs> can't imagine who that is. I know one like that, too. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. But I so Adriana goes up and she said something like, well, most of my songs are kind of depressing. And anybody there was like, ah, it's a singer-songwriter. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the genre. <laughs> but I was yeah, telling yeah. the story about how I was there with Michaela and Sam. And we were there and I was telling all these stories. And I started becoming one of those back in my day. And I'm standing there also going, wait a second. <laughs> I've been going to those places before Michaela was born. <laughs> and you get that weird thing. But the Bug Jar is one of those places that's just one of our eclectic, like in terms of music clubs. I love Bug Jar. Yeah, it's all over the map in terms of what they put out. I mean, it's really, it's a great resource for Rochester. And the thing is, we've seen, like, they had the, they used to have a Bug Fest. I saw the White Stripes play there. Remember those, Greg? Yeah. Was that the Bull Highland Bowl? And they had the White Stripes there yep. one year. Yeah, that was good. Before they were famous, which mm-hmm. is really cool. But they would also bring in, like, uh, Electric Prunes, Blue Cheer. The Saints, all these guys. I saw of the Blue Cheer show. That was great. That was for twenty bucks. Are you kidding? Did me? you think it was? <laughs> I met Dickie Peterson one time when he was because you know a member from Rochester's in his band, and he was telling me they he was telling me all these good stories. He's like about his farm and Big Sur with his chickens and all this stuff. <laughs> but he said they claimed he was at you know again take it for what it is. He claimed they were at the hotel when Janis Joplin died. Yeah, well, Ooh. Well, you never know. So that's one of the But I've noticed, like, you've written, you've actually written a song or so. You, not him. He yeah, <laughs> and tell yeah. us, though, how did it come to you? Were you just, like, doing like me where I had the cheese ball thing because I had a hair in my nose? Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. I can't well, say, I can't say I it was quite that like that. 
Um, <clears throat> Please paint a nicer picture. Right, right. <laughs> Where do I, read, Jeremy? You read my post. Where the hell do I get these weird analogies? All bring like the philosophy of Sartre into like the Bisco crackers you're, you're or something. You're connected on a very different level, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. They banned me one time, and I still don't know why. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, no cheese balls involved, unfortunately. I'll get back to you if that changes. <laughs> when you were a serious artist, you will. <laughs> but for me, a lot of it, I have really, really terrible insomnia. And so you can, yeah, me too. you can spend the night wishing and crying that you're not asleep mm-hmm. and like trying to do all these things to change your situation. Or you can just be constructive and do things that you wouldn't have other t- time to do during the day. And for some reason, in that state of like, woe is me, I can't sleep, <laughs> that's when a lot of ideas come. Uh-huh. Um, so that's kind of most all of the songs that I've written have been like 4.30 in the morning when I have class in like five hours and you're like, how am I going to get through tomorrow? <laughs> so, and that's kind of what it comes to you. Yeah. Sometimes I think things like that are almost like backdoor subconscious yeah. weird things that we have in our in our psyche. Like, like there's an idea, there's an idea. Gotta make it happen, gotta make it happen. Kind of like, you know, I don't know, it's, maybe that's a little too cosmic, but something, no. you know, I don't think nothing doesn't happen. I mean, you might get up one day because you can't sleep and realize, oh shit! If I didn't, that stairs is broke. Or, right. I, I don't know. You know yeah, what I mean? No, it's no, like no. you well, wouldn't that, have noticed it yeah. when you were awake. You would have toppled down the stairs. Well, so at four thirty in the morning, your brain cycle is like in this different place, and right. I think it gives you access to a, a totally different, um, you know, sort of mindset. And I, it's, I try to visualize like there's this sort of river of songs, of music, of just pure songs and music. And and half the job of the songwriter is just to figure out how to open your brain to it, right? You know, and you, it, it, that sounds too mystical almost. But I'm I, getting I there though. Like you know, our a... conversations where I'm saying after like what's happened to me and the people I met in my life, I'm starting to believe in karma. Mm-hmm. And David Lee Roth of all people <laughs> had this one quote: "It's like part of life is just trying to find out where you're supposed to be and getting yeah. there." Yeah. And I think that's partly. And I think people who are into the arts, into music, and this isn't pretentious. I think it's like some people just go through the day. No, do their thing, watch their TV, do whatever they do, don't think about things too deeply. I think you get more in tune if you're an artist. It's just, there's like a muse out there. You just have to find it. Like, you mm-hmm. might look yeah. at, like, look at that thing over there and you might get a song out. You might look at, like, his hat or, like, somehow, mm-hmm. you know, somebody comes into, like, Love and Cup and they walk, like, they, they walk funny or something. Like, they have, like, a little skip, like, when they're walking and you all of a sudden, like, it's a song. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And for me personally, I know that I'll just be going about my day and a line yes. that's not relevant to anything I'm doing, seeing, feeling, will just like pop up. And I'm like, oh my God, let me grab my phone. Uh, right. And you then always, I don't use yeah. it for I have six to say months. that too. Yeah. Make sure, always have, because I do that from my writing and everything else, make sure you just have something to put like a word or an yeah. idea down. Yeah. To see then, I think my thing is like I'll like have a bunch of story ideas or something, and I have them down, whichever one's last, like, and I keep going with them, mm-hmm. you do them. Mm-hmm. But I still, one of you, okay, Hot Soup's fine, but I told Josh Netsky if he does a side band besides Maybird, somebody's got to take my name, Narcotic Lollipop, and make a band out of it. <laughs> All right, if you want to do like a psychedelic song, you can use the name, I'll give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is good. But Narcot- imagine seeing like one of those big lollipops and going, "Hey, that's a narcotic lollipop." Right, there right. you go. See, but I think we like. I always tell the story about Nick Cruz and Greg Townsend, where there's a song called ATM, and how did that song come about? Uh, Nick Cruz is driving somewhere. He lives in Indiana. There's a sign, ATM inside. Bang, song. Yeah, yeah. just like that. Yeah. He saw one time. He's he's out like late at night. Somebody tosses a cigarette out. He came up with the song "Sparks on a Highway." Uh huh. <laughs> nice. 
That's such a skill, though, to be able to look at things outside of your own life and pull from it. Because for me, like, I have to have, for the most part, I have to have lived that thought or, like, that experience to then write about it. Yeah, that's why my early stuff was really, really depressing. (laughs) It's like I was going to tell you the cure for insomnia because I had it forever. Like, for, like, school, I would just walk into class (laughs) not getting any sleep. School for insomnia, get to be my age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the day will tire you out. Yeah, and you I don't can know. have. I still get it too. And I, I still I don't get know it. What your age is, but I think I'm I call it the hour of the wolf. Bit. You ever heard the hour of the wolf? It's like supposedly between three and four. It's when most people die. You oh. get the really weird thoughts. Yeah. That's when you're most open. To Especially that river, when I right? like watch like yeah, Eternity's Gate again about Van Gogh or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but that's when I think a lot of the creative work. I do a lot of my writing. I would used to do it like late at night. Why? Because I think you're a little, hopefully, a little more relaxing with insomnia. You're more open, and nobody can bother you. Right. Yeah, it's true. I have a couple friends who are night owls who might text me, and they'll do it on cue. But <laughs> yeah, you can just turn the phone off, though. You know, yeah, protect, but I think that's what I think. There's something cool about. I mean, Greg, as I said, he's a master songwriter, but he's one of these guys. You have to pay him like a hundred thousand because what he'll do is he will he will only do. What do I got in my wallet? <laughs> what am I doing? I got here? a Burger King coupon. <laughs> Give him a Burger King coupon. He'll do it. But no, but there I always say that's I always say like about it. Greg, like my friend Kim Draham, who's been on the show. If you've never met him, he's a book trip. You got to meet him. But what he said one time about doing cover songs, he's like, I have the view like myself that music is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Unless they're going to bring a lawsuit against you like their kiss or something, mm-hmm. obviously. But he said, okay, you know, there's all these songs out there. I can write maybe two or three good songs a year. So why should I write a bunch of like filler garbage? I'll do those. Yeah. But then he writes, but you've written like, you've written like about, what do you write, like two or three songs a year, but they're like really good. Oh well, yeah, I'm not prolific. But yeah, I'm not either. But I, I, I get an idea. You're the JD Salinger of yeah. the music yeah, world here. Yeah. Well, no, I just get an idea and then I beat it to death and yes. do all these rewrites and all that. But I maybe illustrate to her how did just pick a song you've done or two. How did the idea come to you? You want an old song or a new but song? But you have a huge job here. You're like, well, okay. The well, ones you sent to Billie Eilish. Well, that yeah. <laughs> you got to understand, that's our joke sort of about yeah. uh, Adriana got me into Billie Eilish and it's a. Uh, running joke with to, him to be oh, fair God. i've never heard anything by her i just don't care for her her thing the aesthetic of it and i don't like i don't like people that, music, yeah. i don't like people yeah. that just make it out of nowhere that's suspect yeah. to me unless they're like unless it's her anyway back to my back to my superior skills so <laughs> <laughs> wait i'm writing this down <laughs> This Learn is a, this. what is it yeah. called? Serve you well. And right now we have Greg Andrews doing a master class on the carnival. Yeah. Yeah. No, but one time I was a, I had a job as a courier and I was driving the truck, and this phrase just popped into my head: "You are what I like." Or no, you're my type. You're what I like. Okay, so I let that roll around for yeah, a while. I work with that. And, and I wrote like this punky song: "You are my type. You are what I like. You are my, you know, like mm-hmm. an '80s. That right, was an '80s right. thing. So I was writing these '80s type things." And then another song I, I got was uh, just called When It's Not Love, when people just, you know, you stay in a thing and it's not, you know it's not for real, but you just right you just right, go right, through right, the right. motions and all that kind of stuff. that's what you're used to. Yeah. So that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That would be like me playing Carol King's It's Too Late All December. <laughs> but I like Sparks on the Highway. See, that's an action, like a resume. It's an action picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You also, know, like, immediately you get the video. I think yeah. like yeah. some of your yeah. songs, too, I think sometimes, too, that... That's true. You get some songs, you hear them, you can picture in your head. Right. Like the action. Yep, yep. And it's a very descriptive song because it's like I go to work at four, 
it's, and he never, but he never says exactly. He never says what he's doing. Like you have to make that yourself. Like sparks mm-hmm. on the highway. Right? Yeah. Well, I think too, you got to be a little bit. You got to have a like of literary style. Yeah. You, you got to yeah. like poetry, and you got to yep. like understand. You know, I hate to put down modern stuff, but I just don't think there's a whole. Some, I mean, there's a lot of great lyricists out there right now, but. So, so you get some of these things, they're just not much just thought into it. You know? Blown away by I'll, street I'll hear, language right. and all that. You I'll know, hear so something really catchy, <clears throat> and I can't quite make out the word, and I'll go Google the words, and I don't know. I mean, they just seem so dumb to me. And, yeah. and meanwhile, you know, they've got tens of millions of hits on Spotify, and I'm like, how do yeah, you Yeah, but well, weird? you're definitely not going over their head. Yeah. That's part. Maybe that's part of that's it. That's actually yeah. a good perspective, Julia, being a. I think you're like two years younger than I am. You're old, younger than these two clowns. Uh, <laughs> Your view on music like that for like current music, what do you think of that? Because you listen to a lot, you obviously know like now that you're into it, like some older things, obviously with the jazz and everything. Right. But do you like any like current like artists mm. out there? Honestly, off the top of my head, um, there's this. I sent you guys one song from this girl. Her name is like Green Tea Peng or something. Mm, oh, she's amazing. She's cool. Yeah, See now, yeah, cool. yeah. And it's it's kind of like I don't even know R&B, bossa nova. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen to the bossa nova know. Bradley brothers around here. They do yeah, a really good great. job. Okay, I'll have to look them up. I think there are some really good musicians out there still and good lyricists, but yep. they are being overpowered and overshadowed by the more easily palatable pop. Um, and I think yeah, it's that's, different. That's the history of all culture. You know, I'm going right? to say like, like mass culture yeah, I, I that is popular is it, and appealing. Is it because it. I think there's a difference a little. We've always just looked like, they've always looked, oh, that person's got the look. They don't even hear them mm-hmm. sing, but we can make money. Toss them in five right, years, get somebody right. else. And yes, it's always and been. Okay. It's always been you know, there. I mean, but back you know. in the day, early days of music, the people involved really cared. Like you had bands like Quicksilver Messenger Service. They got in because somebody really liked them. They didn't sell Dylan didn't sell anything for his first like three albums, mm-hmm. but they stuck with him. Like these days, you'd be out the door. Like, right, right. Like yeah, I said, somebody was saying, you know, if if Bob Dylan showed up on The Voice. Right. <laughs> Imagine Bob Dylan Today, and Tom yeah. Waits. But then, yeah. I mean, you can get, I mean, you get like people like Leonard Cohen, there's no like poetry background or anything, and he gets into music. Right. <laughs> well, he was a very well known Canadian poet before he yeah, just, who, who just threw in and said, you know what, I'm not making any money of poetry. Obviously, I'll go make a fortune in music. And he did somehow. Yeah, you know, plus I mean, it's, it's hilarious because I read his book like twice and it's like on some like putrid list for like yeah, books or something. Yeah. Which the is the most like, revolting book ever published in Canada, is what the Toronto Star called it. <laughs> But there's actually a thing. I, like, go all over for music, as I said, my taste's all over. But I was actually... I've never been a huge Van Halen fan. I can respect Eddie Van Halen, but the music's just not for me. But yeah. there's a book of interviews, and I've, I want to get his side. So he was talking about Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth, and what he said was, okay, with Roth, he could come up with... He was. He always he said he's very intelligent, but he can't connect the dots. But his lyrics are really interesting. He, mm-hmm. He's very good with words. Hagar was very, very limited. And if you like listen to the, like the thing I was bringing into this is Tom Petty when he did "You Wrecked Me," he first he had an idea for a song called "You Rock Me." And have you ever done a song anybody who you just know okay this could be good but I just don't like the words. And he's just thinking, I'm not going to release You Rock Me, because come on, how many people do the cliche right, "You Rock right, Me"? Right. And somebody from the band said, "How about You Wrecked Me?" And he's like. There you go. Yeah, sometimes all it takes is that simple. And I've always got that feeling about Adriana when you hear her songs that she's like finding the perfect phrase. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that you ever like be like if you're doing a song and it's like okay, if you have to say you know what I mean, you probably know the songs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, you got to look for Billy Joel said a couple things that always stuck with me. He said you got to 
your lyrics have to be about universal concepts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's one thing. And then, you know, make it accessible, I guess. I mean, short phrases. But, I mean, the universal thing always right. got me. That's why, you know, everybody can relate to loss. Everybody can relate to being happy. People can relate to losing a friend or gaining a friend. You know, whatever right. it is. They're just, you got to really make it broad. Yeah, how many you people have an emotional yeah. connection? I mean, yeah. to me, it seems like there's, for me personally, there's two types of songs that I might pursue. One will be the one that's just, it's not clear what the theme is, but it's hitting somebody emotionally, right? Like, I right. really respond to that very well. And that's kind of like the Robert Hunter, Bob Dylan style yeah. of songwriting. You know, it's like, what what does this mean? I don't know, but it matters, right? Like, it it seems to mean something, and you have to think about what it right. is. You have to know the human condition. Yeah. Right. As but a, then there's as a Fox writer, 45 in their lyric, this isn't right. my first dildo rodeo, which I still haven't asked Amanda and Pauline what that's about. <laughs> well, I have a song called Last Rodeo, and I don't think I'm going to work that angle on it. I think, <laughs> I think it's kind of different. But I do and think, like, how many, how many times have you heard a song and go, wow, that's about me. I can relate to that. Oh, yeah, it's like a theme yeah. song. Right, that's those are the ones that really... And I think the great writers is something universal to take out of it, where people just get something yeah, out of exactly. the songs. And, and I like, love the type where different different people take different things. That's even better as far as I'm concerned. You know, if, if it like, can mean different things to different people, as a songwriter, that makes me infinitely... Well, happy. then you hit the jackpot. Yeah, yeah then you, exactly. Yeah, that's, then you get to more people yeah. that way. And then, you know, that's the other thing. You were talking about bands and going to see bands that other people wouldn't see. Like, and that's why I always jump at the chance to do any of these gigs that are multi-band. Mm-hmm. Because then their crowd's there, your crowd's there, your crowd meets their crowd, subset crowd is formed, you know? And it's like, next thing you know, all these people are coming out to see stuff they wouldn't go to. Mm-hmm. That's well, my thing, too, where I'm sort of gotten a little bad because sometimes I'll see who I know and then leave just because after last year and stuff with COVID, I don't mm-hmm. want to be around too many mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Like that, but like festivals, like when you did the thing at the Bugs, or I had to show up a little later because I couldn't do the six hours, which turned into, <laughs> because of the bills, turned yeah, into, it turned into a marathon, that show, yeah. I couldn't believe Chris played while they were playing. Adriana keeps asking him what the score yeah. is. <laughs> but they had to hold off because the bills were playing and nobody was going to watch the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that happened too, but there was a diverse stuff. You stayed for the whole show, or most of it. You saw like your band. You saw, <laughs> you saw Adriana, which is like singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. You saw whatever the band Mary is. Maria Morelli was amazing. She's yeah. awesome. Oh my god, she's such a that sweetheart. set was incredible. And she did a lot of originals. Some of like what I thought was her most like powerful like banging songs is but she wrote those mm-hmm. well, i'll get her on cool. sometime oh you should she's incredible. i'll get her on yeah. sometime and then instrumental band who was pretty cool right and john carlos band they were they were all over the map I mean, that was yeah. that was great music and i think too like when you do the upbeat songs like i still can't understand half your lyrics but i think like i said most people like you'd be well i have some pickles i'm gonna brine them yay and everybody's <laughs> dancing yeah <laughs> that's my biggest weakness as a vocalist though is everyone tells me like I have no idea what you're saying. Oh, you're not oh, the first. There are very few. Like, I've seen the high-risers probably, I would say almost 100 times. I can understand them because, so in fact, a couple times when they were playing, like, at Marge's, I had to mouth the lyrics to them because they forgot. <laughs> you know, Adriana, I just understand because of the work in the studio, and I, like, heard some songs 50 times. You need lessons from the guy in Ario Speedwagon who over-enunciates everything. Yeah. See, I feel like I'm over I can't stop this feeling. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> you know. Well, so it's like, what was that? <laughs> so I feel like I'm singing like that, and then I listen back to it, and I know what the words are, and I still don't You know who you know should listen to a little like, bit? I mean, don't change. Your style's fine. You also, like Kent and I were talking, and I said, like, I said Julie said on the last show, she's not really sure what to do on stage. She's like, oh, she's got rhythm. You're natural on there, the way you act. Well, thank you. you don't have to jump around like an idiot or whatever, <laughs> like, or, like, do stupid stuff like that, like Mick Jagger, or, like, fall on 
your face. Don't ever fall on your face like <laughs> Steven Tyler. <laughs> you know, I felt bad. You never want to be in this scenario where, like, you go to a, you go to like a show and you go, they were actually nice and on the ball. I'm disappointed. I hope he fell off the stage. <laughs> well, sometimes it's all that history on it can, can be good, but other times it's a distraction. Yeah, I think somebody that can just stand there and sing. As long as you're singing great, really well, mm. I mean, it's more captivating. Colin Bourne yeah. to just Colin watch Bourne some guy. Yeah. Somebody I don't really want to watch somebody prance around yeah. and do crazy stuff. I'm more, I'm there for the musical experience yeah. and any kind of visual thing that is beneficial. Colin Bourne who you won't, she's, he's the singer for the zombies. I saw them in the trough. All Colin would do, we'd get up to the mic like this, just stand there. Yeah. Perfect, absolutely perfect. perfect. Yeah, right. why not? I would definitely don't consider myself a performer whatsoever, <laughs> and I wish there was a bigger separation between performing and music. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to explain it more than that. I just really wish that you could. Just well, it's like okay, like I do this, screen, I do right? this, right? I can be a little amusing, like on my poster, if you know me. I'm like a totally different person if you don't know me, and I just like shy and everything. But Susie once asked me one time between one of one of the anonymous Bill Curry gigs, why don't you go up and like tell jokes or talk or do something <laughs> between the set? Like, no effing way. Yeah. Because I would just go up there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you freeze. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The very first time I played in front of people in, in a little college band that I had put together when I could play three chords, mm-hmm. I actually, we managed to set it up. It was a private house party, and I managed to set myself up so I could hide behind the door that went to the kitchen. <laughs> I just sort of stood you back You won't be one of those who turned, know, his, then they think you're like, oh, look at that egomaniac jerk for the guitar player with his back. He's <laughs> Richie Blackmore. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, you, know, you get like Richie Blackmore like that where you're just around as being a that, jerk. You know? 30 years later, I still feel completely awkward on the stage until the crowd suddenly, you know, when the crowd comes alive, then, like, all of that stuff disappears. Yeah. It's well, that's what I was going to say earlier when I got lost. Is like, even though sometimes applause seems very cliche mm-hmm. and people yell and applaud, <clears throat> that's it's like magic. When they yep. do that, yeah, yeah. it's like, okay... You you want to think it's not forced, right? You know, but if they really, you can kind of tell. I mean, mm-hmm. it's is it the intensity of it? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you reach them, you reach them, and that's. No, I could say it. people are digging hot soup a lot. I'm watching the crowds, and I do. I'm like, <laughs> I'm having a really good time, but I have to be the artistic dick and just sit in a corner looking miserable, like. I could do that. Well, some people call it artistic dick. Some people yeah. call it cultural connoisseur. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, there's two different you ways know, to approach. I it. am yeah. the uh, alternative. You know, we what we do in the shadows type person is sitting in the corner just looking, going, Yeah, I've seen yeah, it all. I'm shaking. You're not going to get me to dance. Go away. So, so I have an idea for the performance thing. Uh-oh, so you got it. What you can do, you can like pretend you're doing a play. Oh, there you go. Pretend you're on a like, like a stage, an you're, you're, and you're just singing a song. Your solo's right. up, and there you are. You're just standing there, but in a show, it's different. You know, you're you're just there. Your presence is very big, and you just let it rip. You and know? I have a lot of friends <laughs> in theater that never really look at the crowd. And just don't do the thing about imagining the crowd naked because I go to your shows and I don't want you to do that. <laughs> 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 no, I've never done that. A lot of people... That always makes me speed up. <laughs> yeah. But I know like from theater friends, I ask them, how do they do this? And how do they do this? And a lot of times, they somehow just... It's almost like 
when they're looking at the crowd, they're looking over, not really looking at them or anything. That's oh, an odd trick that. too. Yeah. 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 Well, for like me, the weird the weird thing speech. is, you know, I've been teaching at the college level for 22 years, and when I walk into the classroom, it's like my personality disappears and the professor appears. Right. Right. It's like this different guy. I get you though. No, I get you because when I'm done, totally comfortable. I get you because I've done that. That I haven't reached that comfort level. Yeah. Well, they don't give you applause when you come in though and go like, "Oh, play this song." No, I noticed when I guest taught when I was teaching like some advising the history department at Fisher and I do that still I become a different person when yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in the office with my yeah. friend Fred we're shooting talking about uh-huh. the books we read but then you go in there and you become it just it's like this different it's I part of you emerges but I will give you That's one true, Julia though. listen to if you want to now your style's perfect you don't have to change Greg you'll know when she plays out. Yeah. Uh, and he can whistle or something but <laughs> but Nick Cave mm. I would say enunciates like mm-hmm. when you see Nick Cave and I, he's one of the best shows I've ever seen, but he knows his range. He's got a good vocabulary, but he knows he can't. He doesn't have like the air raid siren voice. So he really, how would you describe it as like, he's almost like sort of talking, mm-hmm. like come sail your ships upon me and leave your bridges down. Mm-hmm. But any of his songs, it's almost, he's got that baritone voice and it's almost <clears> like he's talking. He enunciates every word. I'll have to look into that because it's something I've been working on in my own time, but I don't really like you guys said. I don't feel the need to like really. No, the way you have to do this. Oh, I'll give give you the wrong advice. No, (laughs) frankly, the way she sings is amazing. No, see, I was just gonna say osmosis. What you have to do is don't listen to us, especially him. Two people, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but. What you have to do is make it natural, however you evolve. Yeah, right. Yeah. And there's a total difference between how you perform something in the studio versus how it's going to come out on the live stage, just in terms right. of the dynamic of the energy level. And, I mean, to me, the great artists are when I go and I already know the songs because I've heard the studio recordings, right? And then you go see them live, and I don't understand what Bob Dylan's singing live. If yeah. I'd never heard well, of Bob Well, you're Dylan's at the mercy song, of the you know? sound guy, too, yeah. and the yeah. acoustics. But the energy... Is, is almost more important, you know, than... than Plus, than Bob likes to play no, no, with no the songs. That last time I saw him was 2018, Auditorium Theater. Mm. He was His band was great. He was great. Mm-hmm. But the way he fiddles with the songs, he did Like a Rolling Stone, which how, how many times have we heard that? Mm-hmm. It took me halfway through the song to know what he was playing because it was, it was yeah. like on keyboards. Right. But if you want to know songwriting, my friend Alyssa's in Nashville, and I guess in Nashville, she's in her mid-20s. She's written 700 songs now. Ooh. That's so many. I'd have to be 1,400 yeah. years old. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's a difference. I, I think there's a difference because it's, if you're going to be commercial and you have to, or if you want to just be an artist, which I think is the way you should go, and hopefully whatever comes of it comes of it. And usually I think, you know, laws of attraction, you're good. I think good things will come of it. You just have to go at your own pace. Not everybody's the same. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I'm intrigued by this whole this whole like the ego thing, like you were joking, well, I don't want to make this. You have two different personalities. Mm-hmm. See, to me, there's a there's a fine line between the ego and the confidence. Mm-hmm. If you're confident, I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying, like, oh, you just, it's just a mindset. <laughs> it's like a mindset. Okay, I'm here. I'm setting up my drums. You know, I'm I'm gonna. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just it's just once you get into that, it's almost like it, it almost is like acting. Yeah, and it like, does become you know, easier, and I've started to realize there is this other personality that I can adopt a little bit that makes me more yeah, comfortable. I mean, but ten years ago, I couldn't. Yeah, you know, you, you get, know. you know, your, your outfit or whatever. You just carry yourself a certain way, and then people just, hey, you know, that's the dude. That's yeah. half the no, work. I found, you know? you know, I found the weird dichotomy because I have like under. Do I sound shallow? <laughs> under ten, use the word dichotomy. Oh, uh, yeah. I have like under ten friends from high school. 
<clears throat> but I'll see them sometime. But I just notice, like the person you see here and the person I am with them, I'm sort of even more oh, quiet yeah. because we all have I have nothing faces. in common with them really yeah. in terms of taste, music, anything else. But I still like them. Uh-huh. Where here I can just be myself because we all get each other. Right. Yeah. For me, when I go on stage, I don't have that compartmentalization that you guys are all talking about. It's like I'm going on 100% myself i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad oh it's thing. a great thing it's, it's genuine it's genuine that's good it's yeah that's why i'm not jumping around because you know you'll never catch me doing that anywhere so <laughs> the only reason i'm saying these things is it's one thing that's always bugged me when people have original music okay everybody hey how you doing we're so-and-so and we're gonna do a song where it's going what was that well yeah you know yeah. if you're so proud of your song, freaking tell them, to, tell to us, talk about, talk it, about it, and talk <laughs> yeah. about it loud, and say it so we can yeah. understand what well, the title is. A lot of that depends is. on the venue too. You know, some yeah. venues are more amenable to actually storytelling a little bit around right. an original song, whereas other venues it's just like, all right, here we go. This is a song I wrote. Boom, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, But that's just something that I just think it's just an attitude thing. Yeah. Well, that's a question now. You, how do you feel like being her, uh, Julie, interpreting your songs? How's it seems like it's been going really well? Like your music. Oh my God! It's yeah, yeah. It's your great. Quentin Tarantino yeah. soundtrack song. <laughs> yeah, the, the one we did I on here. I spotted last that time. when I spotted that. Yeah. I mean, you know, for a songwriter who considers themselves just kind of an average singer, to hear a really skilled singer take on your song is is, is about as rewarding as That's it can cool, be. That's cool, yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I'm always very sensitive. We've, we've only got about four, I think, that we're doing so far. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be sensitive about which ones are going to work the best and which ones, you know, I want to be very sensitive to what's going to feel true and honest for her as well. I don't want her to sing things that... Because people have asked me to sing their songs or there's plenty of cover songs that I've been asked to sing where I don't feel honest singing it. It could be a great song, but it's not me. Yeah. Right? You know, so there's always a little bit of, hmm, is it right? Is it, you know, going to work the way, uh, you know, that, that we would both You know, the thing is, with. we don't have to talk about the drummer because drummers are useless. But, uh, <laughs> but like, we, you know, other members of the band, we don't really talk about them. Much. Talk a little about their contributions, and I know you've done some of the songs from them. Mm-hmm. Last time we were here in the studio. And they're welcome here, like, on a future time. I'll let them know. We actually did some of Andrew's songs. He's a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. He has all, like, the most solid foundation ever in terms of, like, theory and direction and vision. And mm-hmm. like, he's great. He knows what he wants. And he's really good at just making it happen. So we've done a couple of his. Those are in our set, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, one called Sazerac. And then we've done... Sugar lit a few times. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've been there. I'm not sure. I've been at every show okay, pretty so much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you've heard <laughs> of those. That's right. Yeah. I stay corrected. Andrews. Yeah. So we have some. Of I his. told you I'm the invisible person in the corner, <laughs> didn't I? And then there's CJ. He brings a lot more like a, a fluid approach to songwriting, and his I think we're gonna focus on most in the future because mm-hmm. um, he has some. He comes up with some really crazy, super cool ideas and. We just need to hone them in a little bit more. And I think they're going to be like a staple of our mm-hmm. set in the future once we do kind of dedicate more time to it. Well, just see, see, just hearing all this acceptance of all these styles is like you guys are going to be together a long time. I hope yeah, so. Yeah, so we, we have a good We have a good way of sort of. Yeah, that's like the death knell usually. Yeah. like, oh, well, more me, more me. You no, know? and there's, all, there's always, you don't seem like you have the one who you have to replace. You always get the person who you, you might like them. They might be a really good musician, but it just doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. You know, we love Chuck too, like we love Greg, but understand, <laughs> drummers are fodder on this show. We have to make fun of somebody. Yeah, so. yeah. There's a wood chipper out in the back. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited uh, for people to start hearing some of CJ's material. Mm-hmm. It's just they're they're technically more complex, 
Um, so it's taken longer for us to work them up in practice. I will tell you that since I started working with CJ in particular, I've learned more chords than I learned in the 20 years yeah. prior to learning right. CJ. I mean, I'm learning all these crazy jazz I just going to ask that like, and, I mean, that's the really fun part of this project is the musicianship. I, I was going to so ask that question, that, too, because like being in the studio yeah. with Adriana, I learned, like I said, our hero, Billie Eilish, <laughs> but like Stella Lennon, all these like electronic bands that I never would heard of. So I felt really good, like that she didn't know what Sunshine of Your Love was. Like, I got you on that one, I got you on that one. <laughs> but what have you learned being a little, I mean, you're like in your early 30s, like I am. Oh, yeah. What, did yeah. You, what have you learned, like, in, you can, well, Chuck's not here. He's a drummer. He can't learn anything anyways. <laughs> See, like I mean, we, get, we do drummer jokes all day. Damn. But what have you <laughs> learned playing with these younger kids? Like you said, you've learned, like, the, the chords and stuff. And what have you taken away from playing from, and you obviously with Adriana, too, playing with the younger people? Well, for me, it's been huge because I think for most of my life I was trapped in the music I grew up with, which is the stuff of the 60s and 70s, and obviously The Grateful Dad, which for me was like the single most important Yeah, I wonder why you like my so friends so much narrow, while you like her you know, shows. Yeah. <laughs> so I had these very narrow sort of musical windows, and I didn't, even the stuff that, I, that was contemporary was stuff like Lucinda Williams, you know, people my generation and older. Um, and, but to, to play and, you know, to start working with younger people has introduced me to a whole array of really wonderful new songs and new music. Like Beyonce, to me, was somebody that would be on People magazine cover and I would not right. pay any attention to. But now we're doing her version of, uh, of, of the... Of the uh, I also forgot what it's called. Yeah. Um, all I could <laughs> the do Beyonce was cry. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyonce doing All I Could Do Was Cry mm -hmm. was revelatory to me. And then I now I'm listening to Beyonce, right. which if you'd asked me two years ago, would I ever be listening to Beyonce, I would have said no. But she's extraordinary, right? So, think, so this is like huge. I think there's a prejudice we have, like guys like us, and maybe Greg, and maybe you're immune to it still. That if they're popular, we have to stick our noses up, right? Yeah. And we just no, well, right? I mean, I like, you know, Beyonce is a good example. I mean, I always liked, and I'm going back a little, Tina Turner. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I, I have, I like all kinds of good singers. Right. I just don't go for like. You know, like I've never gotten like Jay Z or you know, I'm not really into that stuff. So I like more like Linkin Park in that era because that's what I grew up for in terms yeah. of that. Right. Or the song Colors. The Black Pumas was a band I hadn't heard about until we started doing it in Hot Soup, and now, I mean, it's just I can't get enough. Yeah, there's like a bunch of good bands. Twenty One Pilots. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like Susie likes them, so I'm like, oh, Twenty One. No Pilots. one I've never. I, I mean, just read Dave Grohl's book, and I've never really. And I know Andy. Our magician here, he really liked the last uh, Foo Fighters album. I've never really gotten huge into them yet. And they're like one I'm going to start exploring a little mm -hmm. bit. I like them. I just don't always grasp parts, you know, in their songs. It just seems like it just they just kind of ramrod through a whole bunch of parts. And it's like doesn't seem to be a lot of hooky, mm -hmm. which is maybe not a bad thing. But <clears throat> if you listen to a lot of their songs, I mean, they have really cool grooves and and hits and stuff it just seems like it's like more of a sonic assault than mm. songs to me they're big though I didn't no, know they're they huge, huge I, love, I like them yeah. I'm just saying it's just like it's a different kind of writing which I couldn't do I'm more right. of a block here's my verse it happens right. twice here's my middle eight here's my you know <laughs> right. that's how I approach it you know but in terms also you didn't know this Greg because you've never met Julie or seen them yet but you really like like old time jazz a little bit, don't yeah, you? That's my home base. And we we had a really good time here. Of course, nobody videoed it where she did a couple songs with our maestro, <laughs> which was like spur of the moment and mm -hmm. lots of fun. That was so much fun. Maybe yeah. we could do it again. <laughs> yeah, possibly. We'll have to get get the fish hook, Greg. Get them mm, wherever yeah. he is. Take a look at those old songs and their chord patterns. Oh man, because yeah. there's all yeah. kinds of weird stuff and yeah. they change fast. Yep. Yep. But CJ's yep. funny because he's like, all right. 
it said this one, and he plays it, and you're like, well, what is that? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, so does it come natural? You do scat a little bit. Does that just come natural to you when you do it? Yeah, some days it's better than others, but it's kind of something I didn't know I could do until like maybe a few months ago. I had never tried. See, yeah. don't ever take it. Don't try to be anything you're not. Just go naturally. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think That's your whole band's going to support yeah. you, too, where yeah. you're not trying I to. I don't think you're going to go, let's... I think the kiss of death was like David Bowie after he did Last Dance. He, for the first time ever, I think he tried to make commercial albums and they fell flat because yeah. when you try, it's like, oh, this has got to yeah. be the hit song. Right. Nobody in the band is thinking that way. We're just thinking mm-hmm. about how good the music can be. And I don't you know, know if you're going to do like the, the, the twenty, like have Chuck like do it, Toad the, for like half an hour of drum solo might uh, yeah. not be the wisest idea, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's that's what I really like of these bands I know too is like I can't wait to see the future of them. Me too, and I, I'm so incredibly thankful for all the guys. Like I know if if I fall on stage, maybe not physically. But don't say that. Don't even say that. They, they got me, and like if yeah. I have an idea, I know they got me. So I don't know. It's just okay. a really cool thing. Then you say I meant to do that. Okay, yeah, now cover. Yeah. Right, like the Greg story, I will tell you, and Jeremy probably knows this too. You will get the gigs. <laughs> Where something will happen, where the sound just blows up, or oh, we've already you had that trip. Thing, yeah. I haven't seen like a bad one though, like a really, like horrible. I know there was one I think at Good Bar, something like that. But you will have things that happen. You might have the obnoxious mm. fan, or you strip yeah. on a. Just don't electrocute yourself. Uh-huh. Don't do that one. Stony Crows, don't think of that one. If it's raining out, don't play. But you will have things. I could just say it's just, you know, they happen, you'll laugh about them one day, just carry on. Mm -hmm. But it's stressful in the moment, you know, because gig day for me is just like this huge psychological thing, and you just want the thing to go off perfectly. You know, and then all, but I've been around long enough to know that something's going to get screwed up at some point, and then I get all irritated. And you can't, you just got to roll with it, you know, is is what I'm saying. Yep, yep. I've had to drive home for stuff many times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We had the one, we used to follow a band band called Crazy Train. My friend Pat, he was a really good Aussie cover band. Basically, it was more a case of, it was a bunch of friends getting together. So we got to know them really well, Mm -hmm. right? So one time their bass broke. One of my Ooh. friends had to drive home, like, going, like, 80 down Lake Avenue <laughs> to get his base so he could use it. Yeah. And I think it was somebody, I don't know who it was now, both their guitars broke, their strings broke both. while they were playing. Both. Was that you? Oh, I break strings every gig. Somebody yeah, did <laughs> that to me. Some, I can't remember. Somebody was playing. Somebody I know really well. I know they broke the strings on one guitar. They went to another one. They broke it. Wow. I think it was our very first gig at Iron Smoke where during the sound check, like I only had one guitar and I broke the string uh, with five minutes before the start of the gig. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. sounds right. And I we think you'll there. get into like the ad-libbing on the sets too a little bit. Uh, me? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I definitely think it's something I will be more comfortable. You know what that's the thing you're going to like it's gonna like be like a glove or whatever. After a while you just keep going and people say that and I'm still not that much more comfortable. <laughs> like seriously like You're good at it. You I... wanna to go to theater? I have a lot of friends, you act like you are. <laughs> I would I think I'd be terrible at theater. The aha moment happens. Yeah, you hopefully. Just, you know. Hopefully. It hasn't gotten much better, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I don't mind I've kind of come to peace with it and be like, Okay, sweet, well I'm gonna just be mad uncomfortable the rest of my life but well, <laughs> on you know, stage but it, it's cool I think what happens too is if you as you're searching you just kind of become a better part of whatever it is you are mm-hmm. or a better version mm-hmm. you know you'll just be the same you'll just be better at it right Right. and it doesn't have to be I'm not doing this I should do this. it's nothing like that it's just 
just be who you are and yeah. just do it as good but as you can. <laughs> I don't think that the, the nervousness ever fully goes away when, you're, when you're involved in putting oh, no. out your creative vision, yeah. when, particularly with in original music. Oh, like listen it, to some huge bands around nervous, forever. Who just say before they go on stage, ever. they think they're going to throw up yeah, or they get stage exactly. fright. Yeah. But the one thing that's really cool, too, that I can actually use like this venue to partake, some, use some, some of my lung harder knowledge on the younger generation for music and everything just don't listen to it or you'll be messed up for the rest of your career don't <laughs> <laughs> listen to you musicians but we're very thrilled to oh, know we're not thrilled we're not gonna have greg anything coming up for you um well i have a gig with nate coffee and john lipitor we're just doing like a trio uh february 4th i think smoking joe's got a gig uh, within the mix coming up the 19th at the landing and that's about it Oh, and the one thing we'll touch on, and then we get a real treat. No, it's not a Greg Drum solo. No, uh, you have a new Bangy <laughs> venture coming up that sounds really, really cool. Yeah, uh, Chuck and I have gotten kind of the rights, or I won't say that, I don't know exactly what the term <laughs> is, but we are going to be booking two venues in Livingston County. One is the, the classically restored Geneseo Riviera Theater, which is just this extraordinarily beautiful room with about 200, 250 seats. And in fact, we're going to be, our first kind of public performance is there tonight. It's a free show to get the sound dialed in and get it all worked up. The other is this huge estate down in Geneseo called the Wadsworth Homestead. I know, I've and heard of gonna, it. We're going to be running a summer series down there. Um, and we're wow, aiming nice. for some fairly high profile. I'm bands. thinking of actually yeah. like the garden shows at the Eastman kind of vibe. It might be it's that, gonna, it might be really that kind of vibe. So this is fun. And, I, you know, I'm retiring from my job this summer. And I thought I was just retiring so that I could sit around and write songs. But now all of a sudden I'm going to be a music promoter. And I'm not sure that that's my long term. Well, I'll try to help. I do know some bands. I'll try to help. I'm actually, no, I'm getting a kick just from the periphery. Like whatever yeah. I can do. To, I'm like yeah. really getting a kick out of it. We haven't shown me some pictures of that place. It's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome and everything. But we have a actually very good treaty, and we're going to do we have a uh, Jeremy and Julia play. So you want to tell us what the song is this time because we kind of know. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're going to go with something that I wrote. The name is kind of still in the works, but we've kind of settled on Orbital Delight for now. I don't know. I proposed it, but I think yeah. it, you know. I think I like Sirius and Vega too. It's I true. think that's a cool title. Yeah. Mm. So and or Purple maybe Cows Sirius. Over the yeah. Moon. Something, something. No, I like it. It's like it sounds like I'm thinking Pink Floyd and like Sid Barrett and stuff. And it's, a, it's a beautiful song. Wait till you hear it. It's Thanks. just gorgeous. And we, we haven't brought it to the band yet. I mean, I've heard Julia singing it on the acoustic, so this is to just try it out a little bit. And this is the first song that I completed and showed people. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a, a special one to me. No, but cool. But, and if yeah. we have time, hopefully we'll get Last Rodeo. Sweet, yeah. All right. Totally. Cool. cool. But thanks a lot. Come back anytime as always. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What are you doing next week? I don't know yet. <laughs> you think you think I planned that far ahead? You know, that's all I could say. Greg, Julia, Jeremy, listen, stay tuned yeah. for the best part of the show now without us two. I just, <laughs> get, I just get messages. Be here at 11. Okay, who's going to be on? I don't know. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks, Bye. Don't be my thing.